Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Yeah. Um, now, on to Roosters v. The Storm. Interesting game, this one. I, 26-18. I, don't, I, I, I feel like that flatters the Roosters a little bit. I, I thought the Storm were quite in control for a substantial part of the match. Uh, in saying that, I, I might be remembering wrong. You watch so much footy, sometimes you forget. Um, but I thought, look, I thought the Storm were clinical. I thought they were dominant. Uh, I'm still a bit unsure as what the direction of the Roosters is. I say it every week, so sorry, guys, but... Uh, I will say, Suwali was outstanding. Some of the plays he pulled off were incredible. From the, like that one where he jumped up, like nearly dropped the ball, but then like hit it back up off the deck was outstanding. And I, I think a couple of did he make some try savers? I'm not sure, but he played so so well. Um, you know, Teddy again getting through a bunch of work. I just I don't know where I don't know who the main guy. I mean, I know Kiri is, but. The structures and all that, they just don't seem to be there at the moment for the Roosters. Yeah, just talking on Joseph Swale too. I, I, I texted you the other night. I was sort of joking, but half wasn't when I sort of said, could he have been underrated? Mm. Like, you think about how hyped he was coming to this season. For him to be anything but overrated has been an incredible effort. And mm. he's lived up to every expectation, every bit of hype so far this year. He's been incredible. Yep. What do you reckon, Timmy? We um, Saturday Arvo... <clears throat> Went and played nine holes of golf in a cart. We walked back to the pub afterwards. My mate goes to me, tell you what, pretty bloody sore after that. An hour later, James Tedesco ran for his 600th metre in a game of rugby league in like three days. And I went, I just looked at him, mate, we're athletes, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Teddy was unbelievable. Not that he was massive on the game, but to do that, backing up a few days later, is just such a mammoth effort on the, the structure of the Roosters. It's just still that too many mouths to feed kind of issue, isn't it? Like, you know, we say it every year, but who's the key playmaker? Interesting now, Luke Keary, concussion, has a history of them. I don't know the latest on it, but we'll find out pretty soon. But there's every chance he sits out multiple weeks to get himself right. That They'll take a cautious approach, I'd imagine. If Sammy Walker becomes the dominant half in that team, 
it could benefit them yeah. with him becoming the dominant playmaker with a Joey Hutchinson or a maybe Joey Mano, whoever they go with it. Uh, excited to watch him this weekend with mm. Kiri out. Hopefully Kiri's all good and he's back sooner rather than later. But it could it could provide solutions for them in a funny way. Yeah, look, it's uh, <sighs> the Kiri Walker situation. Do we are we as confident it's going to work as we were at the start of the year? I'm more nervous about it. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's... I thought it was going to... I honestly thought they were going to be the best, arguably, at least a top three halves combo in the competition. Um, you know, what uh, Kiri has come back from an ACL, which is obviously always tough to come back for. But on top of everything, that was his game. It's that high speed, high energy, in-your-face kind of footy. I, I'm just really struggling. And then obviously as well, Drew Hutchinson being in at nine. He's a great servant, Tough as anything, really great for the club. But, you know, is he the top tier nines? Not really. And I understand they've brought Cheese in to be that. Um, I'm just... And then you've got Nat Butcher at, at 13. You know, I know Radley will come back, but I'm still a bit concerned about... If they were losing, but I could see some flow in the way they play, I could be like, okay. But at the moment, I'm just not really seeing the same... like. Roosters of the last few years have just been, they've had this game plan and it was so clear as to what they were doing. This year it just seems to be one set it's this, next set it's that. I don't know where they go from here. I, really I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Timmy's spot on that Sam Walker really steps up over the next few weeks. But then before finals, you've still got to bring back Kiri. You've still got to bring back Radley. Yeah. Like, it, it's like you're delaying your teething problems to later. Do you reckon the Roosters may take this opportunity to be like, look, we, we see whether Sam can be the seven? You know? Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. they came fifth last year, I'm pretty mm. sure, with Sam as a seven. And you go, they go back to, all right, Sam, you be the seven. Kiri, you be the six. You be the running six that you were before. Do you reckon they use it this month of footy? Or if, if it is a month, I hope it's not a month at all. But let's say it's a couple of weeks or whatever. Let's just see if Sam can be the seven. Yeah, I, I don't think they have a choice now, realistically. I mean, who, who, who's going to play 5-8 next week? I'd love to say Joey Manu, but then you've got one guy that can kick. I think they probably have to go with Hutcho again. Well, Hacho can Hacho can kick out a nine. I wouldn't mind seeing Joey at six. I really wouldn't. When he came there on the week uh, on the weekend, I, I loved it. Really, like first, I think his first set, he set up a try with a kick mm. that grubber to Satili. Pretty sure. But once again, if you if you do play Joey Mano at six in five weeks' time, you've got to blow up the entire game plan and change it so much because Joey Mano is so different to Luke Keary. Yep. Then you'll be Radley in as well. It's just for that reason, I, th- I think you're on the money. Yeah. For that reason alone, I think you have to give it to Drewy. Keep Mano at centre. Keep these structures. You're right as well. Give Sammy the chance to say, all right, I'm the dominant halfback. Let's see where we go with this. If he kills it and the Roosters look good, well, then Kiri comes back and plays second fiddle to Sammy Walker, which sounds funny, but I mean, if it works, it works. And it doesn't matter what happens. But he'll also get Sammy. Sammy was amazing last year in a depleted Roosters side every single week. Warrior Hargreaves should hopefully be back this week, if not next. Uh, Victor Radley's not too far off. It'll be a near full-strength team outside of Kiri, so good to see what he can do. In saying that, are they in a position... To not just need to win the next four games, mm-hmm. but they're eighth at the moment. Like yeah. I'm sort of talking about them as if they need to think long term, but realistically they need to think short term because if they drop two games in a row, they'll be outside of the eight. Which would be crazy. Yeah. So Roosters are in a, in a they're in a really interesting spot. A really interesting spot. Only a month ago, I think they were in the top four. Now they're on the edge of the eight. So really interesting times at the Roosters. Uh, now clearly. We say all of what we just said. They're still the Roosters with an incredible lineup. If there is one team, literally, if there is one team that 
next week rocked up and then went on a run to challenge for a grand final, it's the Roosters in my opinion. I, I can't really see any other team doing that in the competition outside of the Roosters. Not, not do I mean run to win a comp. Obviously, there's teams that can go and run to win a comp. What I mean is a team that looks so unlikely to turn it around in a week's, week's time. So they're absolutely still in the fight. But this next week of footy, they've got Para and then they've got Penrith. Para and then Penrith. Yeah. And you've got, you know, Raiders, who although they lost to the Broncos, I think they've been outstanding the last month. I, I personally think the Raiders have officially turned a corner. And when I say turned a corner, I don't mean they're back at the same level they were a couple of years ago. I mean, they nearly were on the direction towards the spoon. They went, at the start of the year, they went two from eight. In the last month of footy, they've gone four wins, two losses. So four from six. If that, that's a massive, massive turnaround. Massive turnaround. So, yeah, I, I think the Roosters can. Now, uh, to the Storm. Storm, uh, look, where they had their absolute damaging best, I think every single week that goes by is every single week we realise, oh, actually, Pappenhausen is incredibly important to this team. Incredibly important to this team. Uh, Meany's been playing outstanding, but the, the electric nature of the way Pappenhausen plays around the ruck it cannot be replicated it really can't because no one has the body shape he has he, he's so quick across the ground he's so fit he's repeat speed efforts he's always in the right position so I thought it was a really good solid win by uh, Storm and also congratulations to Grant and Anderson Anderson scoring two tries on debut and yeah. guess who picked it you put out a bit of mail the guru said before the game he said anytime try score Grant uh, Anderson get on her and boom, she got up. But what did you think about the Storm, Guru? Yeah, mate, I thought they did really well. I was actually – I remember looking before the game, and, you know, with all due respect to those guys, it's probably the worst back five I've seen in a Melbourne Storm team in a long side, in a long time. Meany, Irene, And that's Seve. like – that's compared to the compared greats. Compared to their greats, yeah. 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 But, but, it's still but, a great – it's still a good, a good back line. It's, yeah, it's still handy, but it's very – like, it's definitely not of the level of the Melbourne Storm over the last 20-odd years. And – they were playing the Roosters, who are a good side, who have Teddy, Tupu, Manu. Like, that's a pretty star Well, you'd probably say, on paper, the outside backs, so from, you know, centres, fullback and wingers, you'd say Roosters had the better on paper, for sure. By, by, far by a way. substantial margin. Yeah. I thought uh, Marion Seve, he's a guy that, you know, has sort of been in and out of first grade. I think we all had him in our team of the week. Mm. I thought he was sensational. He was, a, he was a barn buster. He was breaking tackles left, right and centre. Three line breaks. Three line breaks. He, he he's just got that real solid, similar-ish to an Olam kind mm. of um, footy player. I, I do think defensively, uh, him and Dean Eremaya get found out a little bit, but that's all about combinations. That, that'll come after a time. And the good thing about a guy like Seve and uh, Eremaya is in attack. Look at this. This is their stats for attack: 160 meters for Eremaya, eight tackle breaks. Seve, 173 meters, nine tackle breaks. So you can work on defensive systems. You can sort all that out. Yes, it did cost them a couple of weeks ago where they were letting in a few trials due to their youthful outside backs. But I tell you what, if you've got two young outside backs that are on your fringes, breaking eight and nine tackles each, it's pretty scary. I've been a little bit surprised, Melbourne. I mean, they signed Jack Howarth at the start of the year on that five-year deal. I'm surprised, all things considered, we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. I thought we would have seen him over the last few weeks. And, you know, basically, you, you can put two and two together like – by them signing Howarth on what they did, they pretty much lost Kafusi and Bromwich. Like, that was a call that they made, which is fair enough. You've got to look towards the future. So I agree with you. Very surprising that hasn't been brought in yet. But also, I guess, it shows you how much clubs are buying for the future. 
are, are buying players just so no one else will buy them. And clearly the Storm have, have looked at Holworth and said, we can't afford to lose this guy because we see his potential. Because uh, he's on a fair whack, like a fair whack. One of the, like for a young player that hasn't played first grade yet, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest contract ever signed at the Storm. Uh, probably the biggest. Can you think of any other rookies this time, the Storm have signed that haven't played first grade yet? They're on 400, 500K? Over five years. It's crazy. Five years. Timmy, anyone? Yeah, well, no, but... The storm in terms of talent ID and paying overs for these rookies and the risk that comes with it. They've been doing it for years, haven't they? With, with oh, Pap- Pappenhausen's in there, right? Uh, Harry Grant's in there, who they've just come through and you sit there and go, geez, these blokes have got to bide their time. But when it comes, it pays off for club, it pays off for the player who waited mm. and they become the next stars of the game. So obviously Bellamy and the, the recruitment team there have identified Howarth as one of them blokes. So it's exciting for when he does get his yeah, run. Yeah, that's 100%. Like, that, that was my next point is like, if this is the raps the Melbourne Storm have on this kid... Imagine what he's going to do yeah. when he plays first grade. And I mean, he, he went back and played Q Cup on the weekend. He didn't play back row. He played centre. 143 metres, 70 post contact. I told you he's a centre. I told you. He's a centre. We'll see next year. We'll see. I even questioned the great, great Craig Bellamy. <laughs> I said, Bellyache, he's a centre, <laughs> mate. What do you know about footy? Jesus. I think he's a centre. I think he's a centre. But we, yeah, we will know next year because obviously Jesse Bromwich, uh, sorry, Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi move on going to be really interesting i really like him at center like i really like him i do think that uh they've really missed remus smith in the centers he's so good in defense for them um and i, I think he's been such a, a good buy for the club like he's going to be a long-term center not going to break the bank really grateful to be there and it just shows you like you know you, you can go from a struggling club to a club like the storm and he may play the next five or eight years at the storm i mean how how what a change of scenery you can almost guarantee yourself if you play at the storm for five to eight years you guarantee yourself at least one premiership pretty much um what do you think about the game timmy yeah i mean you mentioned you you see how much melbourne are missing ryan pappenhausen there even in a good win like the weekend but also just jerome hughes the importance of him to this side particularly in a squad with a fair bit of depth across it the halves, they probably don't quite have it at the moment. They have sort of a few options in Nick Aremas and Cooper Johns who can step up, but they really miss out. But even a game like this, backing up a few days after Origin where Munster had a monster night out on Wednesday night, Hughes just steps up and goes, all right, I'll be the man tonight. Yep. Cut the try assist, starred for them. Munster took a bit of a back seat just to allow him to do that. And we mentioned a few weeks ago, but the winning record of Melbourne with and without Munsters and Hughes and that and how much more statistically speaking the storm he Jerome Hughes and it's just showing more and more like they never lose games of footy when he's playing yeah that, that it's interesting because you know, like with that statistic it's like there's so many other factors around that statistic like you know is Munster playing with a couple of wingers out as well but I, I agree with you that Hughes is really becoming a staple of that side. And I think that most of us last year probably would have said Munster is the only staple in that side. And everyone else outside of that is is incredibly good, like incredibly good. Like I rate Hughes, I thought he was top three halfback in the comp last year. But are they a staple of the side? Probably not. I think that he has proven this year that Jerome Hughes is arguably, now again, we need to see him in the big games. Uh, uh, he, did he win? He's won one comp at seven? One comp, yeah. So we need to see him in more big games. But at the moment, <laughs> as as it stands for this season, I would argue Hughes is as equal staple to the team as Munster is. 
Uh, and I would also argue Pappenhausen is as equal to all three of them. And what's really interesting about that is it's very similar to Slater, Kronk, and Smith. You know, Smith might be the main guy. Yeah, but also Kronk's the kicking guy. He gets him around the park. Yeah, but Billy Slater is the, the tip of the spear, and it's, it's almost echoing, you know, obviously they're very different people to them, but mm. playing-wise, um, really, really imp- impressive stuff. I know, like, it is what it is, and we're not going to say it, but I'd love to see Husey be able to play Origin every year. Oh, Just yeah. to see him tested on that big stage mm. for a month, smack in the middle of the season. I, I, I just, yeah, He's just the sort of guy that would dominate that World arena. World Cup, end of year, bring it on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. How good in the off-season we've got yeah, the World really Cup. Are. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. Um, that, everything we just said was brought to you by Bloke Jumpers. Wednesday, 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a Bloke Jumper. And we also got truckies. Matching truckies. I'm wearing them right now. Comfiest things in the world. Also, grab a case of Bloke beer. Um, so, Melbourne Storm. Right now, where do we... What would you give them for the year of footy? Considering injuries and stuff that have probably gone against them, I'd probably be sitting them at like a seven or eight. Probably yeah. an eight. Where would you sit them? Yeah, I'd give them an eight to an eight and a half. There was them sort of two weeks there where they had key players out and they got, you know, really stood up against the Cows and Panthers. But take them two out. I know they're the, they're the two big games. Mm. They've been pretty bloody faultless. Um, what is interesting, uh, Harry Grant starting off the bench. Now, obviously, it's probably because of origin. But I would hate for the poor bloke to play so good off the bench that oh. like Bellamy, Bellamy goes, you know what? You actually are really good off the bench. And he's like, fuck! <laughs> like, because he's incredible at starting a, uh, at starting in the nine roll. Uh, yeah, look, great um, great performance by Storm. Well done. Uh, Kafusi situation. What do you think about the whole situation? My personal opinion is you've got to give the bloke the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you can look at it and say he meant to do this, meant to do that. You just can't – you don't know what's going on in his head. Now, some people say, oh, he's got form and rah, rah. But, again, just because you believe he's got form, whatever, it doesn't mean you know exactly what he's thinking. On top of all that, they've come out and fought the charge. Um, so what, what do you think about the situation? Yeah, I, I understand where people are coming from with the form argument. For and sure. Like, he has had situations like this For sure. before. There's no, no denying that. that. So that's where – this one does become difficult, but I, I just think it all happens so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the wrestle is such a big part of every team's game, especially the Melbourne Storms game, mm. as it should be. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he does this stuff purposely. I just think he's an aggressive defender. Mm. That's what makes him so great. But when someone says, oh, yeah, and shows you the examples, I can understand where people are coming from. Yeah, for sure. That's Like, the form, if you want to argue that and say – it's, it's a reasonable thing. It's, mm. it's not, you're not crazy to be like, bro, look at this, this, and this. Um, it, it, it happened, and there, you could, it could suggest that he is overly aggressive. Uh, I personally think that it's just, regardless of what you do or don't think, it, when you get it, start to get into things of like reading what's in people's minds, it becomes a bit wishy-washy of like, you know, he meant to do this or he didn't mean to do that. Uh, I, yeah, look, I, I like to give players the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, again, I'm more than open to be proven incorrect. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, as you said, when you start guessing what a player's thinking, whether they're doing these things deliberately, particularly when it comes down to the integrity of a player and the nature of a player, their character, I think it's a, it's a dangerous line to cross. So the two words you said there... I'm going to go with four words. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Benefit of the doubt. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm happy to give that to him and say, you know what, there's a bit of form, but, uh, you know, 
I'm happy to let him off the hook on this one. Yeah, and it happens so quick. We watch it in slow-mo over and over and over again. This happened in a split second, like in the heat of battle. So, so they, they, they find him, was it so 1800? They, so this, this is the interesting thing about it. And Joey brought up a great point. They find him 800, 1800 and charged him. And so Joey's saying, well, if they're charging him, they're saying he's guilty. Yeah. So it, that's an elbow to hit. Then mm. he should be Gornsky's yeah. if that's the truth. Um, interesting though. And, and I kind of, I agree with Joey in the sense that he's right. Like if, if you're saying he intentionally did it, which you don't know whether he did or he didn't, then, then you've just gone the middle ground. You've just like, oh, we'll go the middle ground. I, I, you've got to be, I guess, firm on it. I personally believe there's no, nowhere near enough evidence to say he absolutely, because like so many things are going on. He's trying to find his front. He's, he could be trying to shrug someone off so that he can get over the top of him to his front. There's so many different things that can happen. Now, Melbourne Storm have come out and said, no, we're challenging that. So mm-hmm. Melbourne Storm is saying, we don't believe he did it at all intentionally. And I think that like, look, if you wanted to start reading in people's minds, for them to turn around and go, they could have eased 1,800, nothing. Walk away, mm. scot-free, all good. For them to go, no, no, we're challenging that. I think that leans more in Kafusi's favour of, he clearly wants to stand up for his own integrity and say, no, I'm willing to risk it because I didn't do it on purpose. Sorry, so, so with the charge, was he facing any weeks or any possible? No weeks. No weeks. Just a fine. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Yeah, right. And they've come out and said, no, we're challenging that, which says to me, like, I, like, I know we will never know because we don't know what thinking, but it says it kind of feels like, well, we clearly didn't mean it. Like, if you meant it, you'd be like, oh, thank God. I'm just going to yeah. take this and bounce. What do you reckon, Timmy? Great from the club. What a mm. stance. Say, all right, you're going to not attack our player's character, but you're saying, said, by the fact that he was fined, you're basically saying you meant to do it. They said, yeah. no, nah, bullshit, he didn't. Um, I went a great stance from the club. Yep. And uh, what do you reckon? I, I just reckon, uh, intentional or not, like, it's still dangerous contact. Like, he still elbowed him in the head. Look like a couple of times. Like the first one wasn't too bad, but the second one. Um, but the, the second one was like, he didn't elbow him in the head the first contact. Like he's, he's sh- his elbows weren't up there. Yeah. Like his, his, his arms were down there, correct? Yeah. But So that's not his fault. Like if you yeah. go into a tackling. But either way, like it's grade one dangerous contact. Intention- if it was intentional, he would have got grade four. Yeah, but so, you, so let's say a guy tackle, like let's say the exact same tackle happens. Sam Walker gets up, they play the ball. You wouldn't even talk, you wouldn't even notice it because it wasn't like he egregiously had his elbows up. He was bumping like normal. So if you start getting to the area of saying like, bumping like normal, if you hit someone's head, then you can get weeks. There'll be a million tackles a game. So, so do you feel he had his elbows up in a dangerous position, before, well, not I, a normal position, a dangerous one? When I saw it, I, like, cause it's grade one, right? So minuscule and it's a fine as well. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that is the NRL saying you meant this. I think it's just them saying you got him in the head. It's it's a little bit dangerous. He's a great one. But he like his elbows were here. What like oh, if we started finding blokes 
for every time I hit someone in the head with elbows here, mm. you, you have to change the way you run. Like you're almost saying don't bump anymore because you could hit someone in the head. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's a very dangerous ride. You'd be changing. There'd be a lot of blokes running completely differently. Um, but who knows? You've, you've had more experience with the NRL, so maybe that is what they're saying. They're just saying, look, it was contact with the head and, and whatever. I, I think you've got to kind of look at it like with that specifically, not the other stuff because we don't know what he's thinking. You've got to, got to look at it like if Sam just gets up and walks like away, you would say that was a completely normal tackle. Whereas like let's say he runs with his elbows right up and he misses Sam and Sam gets up and runs away. I would say that's a penalty still, even if he missed him because he's dangerously lifted his arms and, and he, he, his intention was to hit. Whereas if it's normal... I'm kind of like, you can't really find someone for running normal and they accidentally hit. Like someone tries to tackle me here and their head gets hit. I think that'd be a bit um, tough. But yeah, look, I, I personally believe you've, in these situations, you've got to give the player the benefit of the doubt. Uh, do you reckon going toe-to-toe -toe with the NRL is a dangerous thing? reckon they'll get off it? Uh, yeah, I, I always look at teams like Melbourne and the Roosters and normally if they challenge something, yeah, they normally do get away with it. They yeah. only they they normally only challenge and they know they're going to get away with it. I'll tell you what. The, I, I thought the funniest thing of the whole fucking thing was um, Buzz Rothfield tweeting out, "Can someone get me some footage of the thing?" I was like, "You work for Fox and the Telegraph. Oh how are God. you? How are you reaching out to the average punter to see if they can get you a bit of tape? Do you have KO? <laughs> Talk about like seeing blood in the water and being like, get <laughs> yeah. me some footage on it. I want to. I want to tear Finish this apart. Him. <laughs> oh, bloody hell! Um, the, the, uh, in, it, the main thing, though, is I hope Sammy's all good. Bowl reports yeah. he is all good. Mate, he's so tough. Like, he's got to be one of the toughest young like, little fellas I've seen in a long time. Like Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Like... Tell me a bloke that's as tough as Sam Walker. I've never seen him step – so many players, even big players, will sometimes step aside like that just to take the tackle, not to hurt their shoulders. I never see him pull out of anything, anything. Um, so – by reports, he's all good, so I hope he's all good. And um, as I said, with these things, you just can't tell what they're thinking. But Storm, another great... Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.